y'all know what it is. Y'all ready? Turn it up. One, two, Unscripted, unshelled, uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel and Holly, uncensored, from Hot 101.5. This is Miguel and Holly Uncensored. My name is Miguel Fuller. This is Holly O'Connor. Hi. And our uh, producer, Ryan, he is sick. Oh, he's bad sick, too. He texted us this morning at 5 o'clock and said, I've been around the toilet all night. Can't come in. <laughs> Poor Ryan. It's, I feel really bad. We had our uh, concert, Next Big Thing, this past weekend. And so he was doing photography for it. And so everyone who was there this weekend, they're all day. Like, they're all sick right now. Right. And I feel like they're passing it along. No, they thank are. you. So I'm sort of like building up a shield around myself. <laughs> Uh, well, we have a very special guest today. Someone famous. <laughs> yes. Someone famous is on our famous. podcast. No. It's now. just a you're a gay lover from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. You are the coolest human being. You are so cool. Like, we'll, we should tell them how oh. we met in a minute, but whenever you're ready. Well, I here. Let me let me admit something to you. Here's something. Holly and I have worked together now for ten years. Yeah. And we both have different talents. Like I'm good at. Pushing the buttons, like doing all the technical stuff. Yeah. Holly is the smart person on the show. I have been stressed out for the past 30 minutes on pronouncing your last name correctly. After we had that time together in Chicago. I know. I know. We spooned and everything. <laughs> and you don't remember? I, I made you eggs in the morning. I know. I know, I know it I, when I, I see it. I know your boyfriend lives in, <laughs> is from Buffalo. Well, let me yes. tell you something. You go to Buffalo and stay there. My last name, my name is, I'm John Stewart. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh Paul Mercurio. 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 I was like, "Do you need me to step in?" No, I, I was gonna. I was gonna say it. Like no, I've been people practicing. Ask, two people is, uh, on other shows ask me that. It's like it's like it's Irish. It's not actually. It's spelled M E C U R I O. I had to change the spelling of my name. My oh. actual sp- is Mercurio. M E R C U R I O. Mm. But I got a, my first part in a sitcom, and my manager calls me while I'm in L A. and goes, "You have to sign up to be in the union, and you have to change your name." I go, "Why?" Because there's a guy. Who already has your name? I go. There's no way. Oh wow! <laughs> and it turned out uh, he did it from Australia. He did a movie called Strictly Ballroom, and then he was in Exit to Eden with Rosie O'Donnell, yeah. which oh, wore yeah. a teddy. Remember that? Uh-huh. The entire mm-hmm. world threw up in their mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I give no, it negative really... Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yes. And so he had the same spelling, and what was happening was. And he was a choreographer first and then became a dan- uh, an actor in front of the camera because a choreographer, the, the actor in Strictly Ballroom, which is this little film that went did well, couldn't handle the dancing. Mm. He's like hot body oh. like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right oh. and, and you go to his website at, at this at the time and he had like super tight black pants oh. package yes yeah, oh, hey. oh yeah you're gonna uh. cheat on me too huh? yeah uh. sorry let me go to this website <laughs> let me see what this is about and then he'd ha- <laughs> and then he'd have a bottle of water like spray and people would google me and my friends are like are you doing gay porn <laughs> oh what my is up? gosh so there was confusion <laughs> yeah at, to the point where he's a dark complexion dark hair like me smaller penis and uh <laughs> come on uh, it's very hello. large. Woo. Hello, yeah. it's your boyfriend. Hello. Just, I'm sorry. Uh, what? You're leaving him? Okay. Um, he, um, there, I was in a club, a comedy club, 
And, you know, the comedy clubs usually put, like, a postcard on every table saying upcoming acts for mm. the next month. Mm -hmm. And they put a little picture and the name. And then my name and his picture. And I have been there before. Oh, wow. You're like, well, like, now it's an issue. Right, exactly. So you so, had to change it. So I, I, I tried three names for a while. Paul Michael Mercurio, my uh, mm. confirmation name. But that, God forbid, like somebody, they would butcher it. Like, right. please welcome Paul Michael. Please welcome Michael Mercurio. It's three Mike words yeah. together. Three. I know. People so are I, the worst. So you, it's not a problem. It Mercurio. is. Well, at least, no, I always really try my hardest yes. to make sure that I get people's names correctly. Yeah, you, because I hate, because my whole life people used to call me, and still today, they'll be like, McQuell Fuller. <laughs> and I'm like, there is a G. There it's, is never been a like, I had write the Q. Yeah. yeah. I had this situation. You tell me what you do. This is a guy uh, who's a friend, but I, I go on his show in San Francisco. Nice guy. And we're hanging out having drinks in New York. He, where I live, he came to New York, whatever. And uh, he's talking about something. It's like, no, nah, you know... Uh, Listen, I'll talk to that person. I'll tell him Paul Mercurino is good. <laughs> and I thought he was joking. And then he did it four or five more times. Oh, and not I'm like, joking. he's got my name wrong. Oh, my God. What do I do? Yeah. This is that, like, do you say something and make him feel bad or do you just roll with it? So I, uh, I punched him in the face. <laughs> This and is goes, what you do. Yeah, and, well, uh, and, I, and I corrected him. I said, well, you have to. I mean, Holly over here, my co-host, she literally, if like something is, if someone is saying something incorrectly and she knows that it's wrong and I can see it when it happens. I can't help it. It's sort of like, what are those like, those uh, temperature gauges from when we were younger when yeah. your parents would put them in your mouth right. yeah. and like the red goes up and you can just see the yeah. red starting to go up to yeah. Holly's face. This is that, this is the girl in, in sixth grade that reminded the teacher she didn't give home work out, yes right? i just feel like if like we i if i know you're wrong <laughs> I, i'm gonna keep it in to keep to make you feel better even with guests yes especially yeah. with guests because then i'll be like mm. <laughs> and miguel has seen me do this before where i'll be like you mm -mm. Yeah. i'll start and i'll be like shut up shut nope. up nobody likes nope. to know it all just nope. stop talking nope. so i tried did you to ever, get better like, do you ever tick anybody off doing it like I kind of probably yeah. they don't usually tell me and then i usually feel worse after i say something so right. i remind myself that i'm gonna feel bad eventually right. so then i'll tell them and then they'll be like oh uh, I'm like, oh, so you sorry. clearly do it with friends and family yes yeah i don't know if you're married you have a boyfriend whatever i have a boyfriend and he has come to expect it so at least he knows <laughs> And I do too. Like I welcome it. Like I always like people. Like well, we'll, we'll be on the air, right. and I will clearly say something wrong, and Holly will be like, mm. and I'll be like, no, please. I would rather you correct me than me keep going on because I can't read. So <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. I would so much rather you tell me. But no, I swear to God, there are fifty-two states in the union. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, actually, okay, yeah. all right, uh, uh. fifty. It's fine. Well, what what's really cool, Paul, that I was doing some research on you because we met you at Morning Show Boot Camp yeah. this past summer. Yeah. They have a, a luncheon on yeah. the last day, and then you roasted the audience and yeah. did such a brilliant job okay. at just playing off of the audience, yes. and I got pulled into it. Well, you had that ridiculously tight shirt on. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like went to Target. Well, he went to the Kid Gap store <laughs> and then didn't even get the husky size. He got the extra small kid. I mean, unbelievable. Like, I could literally see the pores in your skin through the shirt. And you're a good guy, and you were laughing a lot. And I'm like, okay, this guy. And it was later in the show. Yeah. And then 
uh, I said you're black, but right. you're you're black Dominican black. Right. right. Yeah, because yeah. you asked for my name, and yeah. then and then I, you went Miguel, and I'm like, there's no way. I was thinking like you know T or something right. like that. <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> Hot ass, you know? <laughs> and then he opened his mouth, and I'm like, this guy is so gay. Yes. He is a, uh, a, a an interesting character. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you were, no, you were so cool. And then I brought you up oh on gosh. stage, and we fun. just started talking about. Uh, the shirt and how tight it was, and then, <laughs> and then we got married that night. Yeah, it was, awesome. it, was it was a fun time. You I were, was single you, back then. You <laughs> were, yeah, you were really no, you were really really a good sport and really fun. And then I, I we have a picture where I'm kissing you on the cheek. <laughs> yes. I did a lot of those last minute things. I sent you that and I put that on the internet and said it was sexual harassment. And I love how I'm about in today's climate. Yeah, exactly. yeah that no, was just a few you months were ago. Very very cool. And um and then there was the 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 young kid with the with the pants. You remember? That? Oh, that's right. Yes. Should I tell that? Oh got, my gosh, yes, please do. So I'm it's for the audience. It's like a ballroom and I go off stage and I have a, a cordless mic and I'm walking around and I'm talking to people. I did some jokes and then I intersplice that with the uh, you know with some talking to the audience. So I see this I go over this one young guy, he must be about 25. And as I'm talking to him, I look down and I notice he has a hole in his pants yeah. right where it's his dick huge. is. Like it's right, huge. Yeah, yeah. And uh, God, if you had seen it, God knows oh. what would have happened. Oh. And, uh, I looked for it later on yeah, after exactly. the you whole thing. just had said Miguel was here. <laughs> and uh, so as I'm talking to him, and you've interviewed people where your brain like starts to split in half. Yes. And you're talking to yourself. Mm -hmm. So as I'm, he's interviewing, I'm interviewing, and I'm just hearing at this point, <laughs> like the Charlie Brown, I'm thinking, does this guy have a hole in his pants right where his dick is? Should I say something? And he seemed like he could take it. And I go, come on stage. So I brought him on stage. Oh and I sat him on a stool. Mm -hmm. And I made him I, I made him put his hands on his crotch. And then I go, take your hands away and spread. I go, what is that? <laughs> and he had a hole the size of like a half a dollar right, right yeah. on his crotch. Yeah. And I said... He's a, he was from Pennsylvania, I yes. think, and he was mm -hmm. new to the business. I go, do you understand this is like an industry function? I mean, yeah. it may not look like it's work because people are in casual clothes, but you're trying to network with a right. freaking hole in your pants? Oh, yes. And I go, why? I go, I go, I assume like you didn't notice there was a hole. Oh, oh, no, I started with, I assume it just happened like when downstairs here, you got it away. No. I no. go, oh, you put them on. I go, oh, you probably didn't know. Right. That it was there. No. Right. No. He goes, no. And now the crowd's like, oh. <laughs> it is the best moment because everybody's locked in. And I think I'm asking the questions you would all oh, ask. Oh, my gosh, you're all yes. great interviews. Yes. And I go, so you consciously put these pants on with a hole? <laughs> he goes, yeah. And I go, why? This was, this to this day is probably one of the best answers I've ever gotten to a question. Because they're my favorite pair of gray pants. <laughs> gray pants. Gray okay. pants. He got other favorite pants in different colors, but that's, that's the favorite gray. That's it. The gray. Right. I gotta wear the gray I am, to this I, event I, I where all not, these radio people. Not going with the light gray. I don't care if this one has a hole in it. Yeah. So you guys, it was really, really cool, and uh, you, you were all great. But you were fantastic. It was fun. Yeah. And well, what I really didn't realize is that you have been in the game for a very long time, and you've been working and working with like some top people that we all know of, and people have seen you mm. on TV before. And I was looking at some of your 
uh, clips yeah. on the Stephen Corbert show. Yeah, I just did my fourth appearance on the show. How was that? Like, when you know that you are going on national uh-huh. TV, and he's red hot right now. Oh, like, yeah. we know that he struggled the a little bit. The political climate, yeah. It's, yeah. he's on it. Yeah. Seriously, like, he is in the, I think I just read that over the past few months, that he's totally, like, eclipsed Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And now the people yeah. at NBC are like, Ugh. Yeah. I think everybody on the show there is trying to make sure that Trump doesn't get indicted and he works for <laughs> 20 more years. Right. Because if it weren't for Trump, like, you know, that, yeah. that just that's the focus of that monologue and everything. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, and I know Stephen from The Daily Show because I used to work on The Daily Show and we worked together there. And um, and so it, you're doing five minutes. It's a pain to get five minutes together like that because it's going to be really tight and it's going to be really TV clean. And sometimes you're putting stuff together that normally doesn't go together. Mm. Like I I had this joke about a rat and I'm like, I'm going to do it. Like this joke was... Uh, there was a, I saw a rat running, which was true. I saw a rat running across Broadway with a whole green apple in its mouth. <laughs> and I've become amazing. so jaded in the city. This is how jaded I am. All I could think was, good for him. He's eating healthy. <laughs> Never mind that the whole damn apple. He had his Lululemon pants on. <laughs> He's like, headphones. I'm looking fashionable. Exactly. Yes. And I yelled, like, go rat. But he didn't hear me because he had his headphones in. And then, I, and then I did this other joke. And then there's another part of this joke, which I didn't do because you... Because, you know, that's like a touristy kind of crowd. Mm-hmm. And they're a little like, like, so the one joke, which is also true, is uh, I'm really tired all the time. And I'm so tired. I go, do you ever see a homeless guy asleep on the street and go, boy, I wish I could sleep like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I say, I'm jaded. And I am. That city makes you jaded. You become mm. hardened, right? I mean, I grew up in New England and Rhode Island. And you'll meet my parents when we get married. <laughs> and, um, yes. So. I saw there was a homeless guy, all true, with no legs from the knees down, and he had a bucket out. And I'm like, oh, I got to give this guy some money. Right. right. And I and I did. But before I did, this is how jaded I am. I leaned all the way over to make sure he wasn't hiding his legs, like <gasps> under in case. In case. But it's new. You like it stuck. You know what I mean? It you could happen. Know. You never but know. But you have to. You have to look and just right. to double check to and double make check, sure. Because I've That's seen like- everything, which is like. Crazy because like what the I the minute I dropped the money in the bucket was he gonna go gotcha right <laughs> jump up and start dancing right and yeah. then you'd be like give me that back yeah, let exactly. me have the money back exactly. oh exactly. my gosh so yeah so and the other thing is you have to slow down on TV when you do that oh mm-hmm. you can't talk really quickly no, that and just t- take more longer pauses between things because you got to let the laughs play out and if you if you go at a faster pace like a normal pace that you would in a club mm-hmm. you're going to look nervous mm. oh. so you just you just have to kind of take it in and take your time and you know if you see somebody who's doing public speaking and they don't speak for 10 seconds it draws you in right it totally draws you in so you have to be comfortable with that so yeah, so I've done that, and you know, it it, it it was great. You know, it's like it, it's five hundred people. It's the same stage that the Beatles and Elvis played on. Wow, what Sullivan pressure Theater. is yeah. that? You should you. I get you tickets to the show. You come. I, well, Holly, you're going to New York. Oh, I, I, yeah, we're gonna be on vacation. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fine. That was one of those things where it's like. You should come. Not really. No, don't. Yeah. But don't. No, though. you're in it. town. When are you going? Uh, the day after Christmas. So I mean, it's probably oh, wait, wait, everything. We're is on all... vacation. Yeah. We seriously are. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but it you is. Could, you should come. I will. Whenever you want to when, come. Sometime. Just do me a favor. Don't yell out a correction to Stephen in the middle of the monologue. <laughs> I would keep my mouth shut in He's those a situations. Senator for 12 years, not eight. Get it right. <laughs> nope. Nope. All right. So tell us about a joke. 
that you were like, you know what, this is probably a little bit too much. Uh, like I can't, I can't go this far. Yeah. Well, I thought it was fine, and I, I do it in my act. Um, it's about you broads. Okay, um, <laughs> okay Harvey. <laughs> the broads. By the, and by the way, like, can I just mention that for like, I sexual harassment is terrible, whatever, and I think it's great that women are coming forward. But I don't understand these guys, like that, just want to do something in front of a woman. Yeah, like I can't really figure put, that out. If you're gonna put, and I'm not saying you should sexually harass, but if you're gonna put all of your life on the line, touch something, <laughs> touch a boob, <laughs> stick your finger in a hole, something. It's like a weird fetish of like I just I want to touch myself, but I want you to watch. Yeah, why? It's like, I don't get it. I'd be like. Am I doing it right? <laughs> right. I feel like what, you start what is? You started heckling me. Like, and also, what is the reaction that you're looking for? <laughs> Do you want me to be like, ooh? Like, I don't, I don't understand any part of this. Like, I, am I supposed yeah. to stay stone faced while you do this? No, like, maybe you, you have a pad and you're scoring. Maybe <laughs> that is a brilliant hand job that you're giving yourself. Great, I haven't seen a hand job like that. Good marks on form. <laughs> Great stroke. I guess. Uh, I don't, that was that, nice. Minimal yes. amount of oils used. I don't know. I don't. By the way, can that. I add this to my act? I might use it. I'm serious. Please. You should. Please. Because I really can't. I don't get it. Like, no. I, I, again, like, I understand, like, somebody can't help themselves. But, man, I'm going for a boo. Right. Or, you well, know. because, I mean, it's like you can do that on your own. And so why? It must be the voyeuristic property and, of and it. And they say it's the power thing. It right? is. Yeah. Like, Harvey wanted you to watch him shower. Like, like that just does. I, I cannot get into. Well, you know what? Maybe you have some perspective after you tell us the joke. Oh, because yeah. you've been around the entertainment industry. Mm. And so you've seen yes, these I guys. Yes, I slept with everybody. <laughs> is that what you want to know? know? Yes, you slept with Harvey. I slept with Bozo the Clown. <laughs> Clifford the Big Red Dog. Oh, my God. Oh, not Clifford. Clifford. What about Garrison Keillor and Charlie Rose? I know. Your grandfather. Like, I know. Well, that's what I don't get because, I mean, you you sort of, you work in those circles with people who make millions and millions of dollars who... When you know, when you have that much power and influence, you feel like you can do anything. Yeah. So I'd be curious on your perspective about you know, sort of that side of the world that a lot of us just we would never run into that, and we don't know. And like we've been trying well, to wrap our people, brains around because it happens in day to day life. Right. It's just that we you didn't really know it was happening on such a scale in that world. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. And and I think that you know it's definitely about looks and you know this is a Ferranier talent. So like when Harvey says one of the excuses was he had to touch her breast because there was going to be a nude scene and he wanted to see if they were appropriate. It's okay. like, that's just not even... No. Like, that's, that's like, the worst... That's the best you came yeah, with? Yeah, that's literally what he said. He said, he said there, well, I, you know, I need to... Oh. You know what I mean? That's what I said to Miguel when he came to the hotel in Chicago. <laughs> he said, I'm doing this extra special video and I need to see your banana. I need to yeah. see yeah. how it's going to turn uh, out. I need to see your man boobs. Yeah, exactly. And I, I said, okay, come it. on. I still on. They're very firm. And then we took us 40 hours to scrape off that tight shirt that was on his body. <laughs> That's probably accurate. That's so I have this joke, and I say, um, Barbie, the people who make Barbie came out with four new Barbies so that they more accurately reflect women's body types because the original Barbie uh, wasn't healthy for girls. It was like making them feel bad, or they were trying to attain that and, you know, eating disorders. And I said, That's fine, but there are some creepy men out there, or like shallow men. Who, if you're one of those four Barbies, 
you're not getting the Malibu Dream House. Oh. Yeah. oh. You're getting a fifth floor walk up with no heat. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting Dreamboat Ken with a with a Ferrari. You're getting uh, XCOM Bob with an 85 Tercel. <laughs> so you're saying they have to be adequately placed. Well, I I'm saying that there are guys if you don't look a certain way, yeah. aren't going to aren't going to sort of Right. Treat you the way you'd want to be treated. They're not not going to put you. You can't take care of yourself. And the show was like, ah, we think that's a little. Uh, it might have been too much. Said. It yeah. might have been too much. But I think it should be said. And I, you no, know, it's but true, I also though. talk about race and stuff. So oh, I, I love mean. that. Well, because I can, I don't know where the line of race is anymore. Like, because I'm Italian, and if you're a European immigrant, people can make jokes about you, mm. and it's fine. Like, yeah. I'm Italian. If you're Irish or French. And it's all this, you know, Italians are in the mob, which is true. Right. And, That's what I said. I was like, well, you can make fun of Italians, yeah. but it's it's And the valid. Irish drink yeah. all the time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah. true. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I don't know, like, I got a buddy, he's Chinese, George, and whenever he sees me, I'm not making this up, he goes to me, hey, Paulie, Paulie, <laughs> do I sound like Joe Pesci from Goodfellas is bullshit. Apparently you're Italian, so yeah. yes, you do. And I can't do that to him. I can't go, oh, George, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> no. I got an egg roll. You want an egg roll? Like, apparently now there's like- Can there's you please sex. tailor my suit? Because <laughs> I, 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 I'm the white line? guy. Yeah. Why am I any more white than a Latino guy? You, right. you Dominican, you're all shortstops in the fucking <laughs> baseball. Totally took our job from us. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, you know, it's true. I mean, I feel like if it's done with sort of, um, like, if it's coming from a place of humor, yeah. like, and it's not sort of malicious, right? I mean, I think, like, there are stereotypes that, like, we can all laugh at. I mean, like, Holly and I, I've known Holly now. We've worked together for 10 years. We lived together for five years. Yes. And so, you know, she came from Ohio with, like, no <laughs> black people ever. But, like, over- I, are you I, there Irish? There were a few people. She yes. saw a couple. Yeah. I'm half Irish, half Italian. Oh. It's a mix. There's a lot going on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's yeah, and but that it's true though. So I mean, there were some like hurdles that we were overcoming together. I feel like yeah, right. And, what, and you yeah. mean in terms of what you can and can't say on the yeah, radio. exactly. Yeah. And so and you know and because we live together and she knows my mom is close with her as well. Mm. You know there are things that you know jokes that Holly could make because you sort of have been you know ingrained into the black culture that I think it's hilarious when Holly like Holly used to do this invitation oh, yeah. of my mom back in the day. Oh yeah, and it was so funny. Do it. But that was 10 years ago, but now we're like, now. is it funny anymore? But it's a podcast. Well, I yeah. Know, well, but, I can do the podcast because you have to get real deep. Well, we would actually use a voice disguiser because they had to get that deep. Oh. But the comedy would be like like Miguel's mom drinking and then like trying to also yeah. be a mom. She'd be like, Miguel, <laughs> I'm just trying to do my shots and you coming in here trying to bother your mama. Go do something. <laughs> so like there's this whole shtick that would play yeah. and they didn't know if it was me or actually his mom. And yeah. it was like super funny. But like, and that was on air. That was not a podcast. Wow. That was on air 10 years ago and it was hilarious. And I gotta like, leave. You're so rude. I know. That's the thing. <laughs> this, is, this interview is over. I'm offended. <laughs> we can't do it anymore because if we did it now, oh, they'd be oh. like, "Oh, who is this white girl? Yeah. Think she is?" And it's like, "Well, no. I mean, I feel like she. You know, it's coming from a place of humor, right? And I mean, we've had people come after me. Yeah, we've had. I've had it just recently. We were talking about. Was it the the it Cheeto? Was, it was hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos. That's right. On a turkey, and on the air, I was like. Ain't nobody want no damn Cheetos unless you are, you know, barefoot drinking a Mountain Dew. Or grape and, soda. Yeah, exactly. Exa- <laughs> or grape soda. Ain't nobody want that. So then this guy messages me and he's like, oh, Miguel is with his bougie friends and I work at a low-income school and these kids love Cheetos. 
And I was like, oh, hold God. the fuck on. Yeah. I'm from Atlanta. I yeah. come from a low-income family, yeah. and I didn't like Cheetos back then. <laughs> and so I can speak on it. You don't have to defend right. these black kids. Yes, thank you for helping them and right. giving them an education, yeah. but you don't have to stick up for them. I come from where they came from. It's yeah. okay. There's nothing. There's there's something. Like I was, I think people are at the point where they want to create controversy when there is none, which oh, is yeah. a perfect. That's a perfect example. I right. was in the park walking my dog. And it's a law in New York, your dog is supposed to be on a leash. And my dog was on a leash, but there was a guy whose dog wasn't on a leash, and the dog looked really aggressive. And I said, and I was really nice, I go, sir, you probably should put your dog on a leash. He goes, why, because it's a pit bull? Like, implying that I was racist toward pit bulls? And I'm You're like, no, because it's got, yeah, it's like, no, cause it's got a fucking baby in its mouth, right, asshole? Because <laughs> it just shit a family of six. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Like, that's what I mean. Yeah, but it's true. But it's like, but so he was like the whole, the the whole implication was like, oh, and and uh, as a white guy, I was like saying something about like, if, no, the dog's right. like, look, it's about to eat seven people. Shut up. <laughs> so you true. can't, as a comic, I can't let that happen. Mm. Like I, I, uh, I had to uh, give a woman the option of getting thrown out of my show or not. Oh, because mm. I was in New York and uh, and. Uh, I, I like to talk to the audience, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Try to, you know, meet handsome guys. Um, <laughs> hey. hey. And uh, in the back of the room is a couple, and a uh, guy and a woman, and they, I start talking to them. Are you married? Yeah. How'd you meet? Blah, blah, blah. And he's answering all the questions. And then I say, how long have you been married? And she blurts out, 25 years. And the way she said it, it was kind of funny, mm. and it was like the only thing she answered, and we all kind of laughed a little bit. I go, oh, that was funny. And then there was another woman, <clears throat> about 30, 28, whatever, sitting to my right. And she goes, what, a woman can't speak in public? Oh, gosh. And I go, what? And the, the, what you just did, your right. eyebrows went up. That's what I did, Miguel. I was like, you're joking, right? I literally said that because it was so, like, out of left field and not right. at all what I was saying. I go, what? She goes, what, only a, a male can speak? I go, What? I go, she said it again. She goes, oh, oh, women can't. And now the crowd goes, oh, even the crowd's like, oh, come on. Mm. And I go, oh, I see what this is. I said, okay, here's how this is going to work. Uh, you're going to go out to the bar right now, and I'm going to do my show because I don't want you in my show. I don't like you. And mm. when I'm done, you can come back in or you can stay and shut the fuck up. I said, because you need a march. Mm. You need to go find a march. You're a bullshit thing. You're trying to create something right. that never, ever happened. And if you think... You're going to commandeer my show with your bullshit. I said, here's what you need to do. Go out and work the road for 10 years and work every shit gig in the country and then earn the right to be up here and you can say whatever you want. Right. But there ain't no sign that says this is a participatory sport and you get to give me your opinion. I go, so why don't you leave? She goes, no, I'll stay. <laughs> she oh! stayed. <laughs> All right. Right. And then, I, and then I fucked her after the show. <laughs> Just to let her know who was boss. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's no, true, it really I happened, and it's like, and and that's why comics get freaked out now about cameras and camera phones and all that other stuff. It's like, there's no safe space to like Dave Chappelle. Um, he's a he's a friend of mine. We hang out when he comes to New York. When he does a show, no cell phones are allowed, mm. and he has a thing where you have to put him in a case and you check it like you check your coat at a door. Mm -hmm. Or if he comes to the comedy cellar. Um, if anybody is seen even lifting their phone, they get thrown out. Oh, wow. Because you need to have a space to try stuff and, tr and really push the envelope. And, you know, 
And people are just looking to create their own fame by saying, oh, look at Miguel. He said this about Cheetos. And that person really doesn't give a shit about protecting Cheetos. They just want to get their name out there on the Internet and right. become a celebrity for five minutes. So right. it's dicey, but you got to just stand your ground. Mm. You know? So what did you think about the whole thing with Kathy Griffin and the, I th- the I severed thought, head I mean, with look, the severed head, Trump. I mean, probably over the line, but you don't lose your career over it. Right. And I, I thought it was ridiculous. And I, you know, I just think it's like, it's free speech. And if you don't like it, don't go see her show, but don't stop booking her. I didn't, I, you know, I just thought it was a little much. I thought her like apology at the press conference was like, you shouldn't be apologizing like that. You should just right. say, look, I, I feel strongly about this guy. Right. And maybe I didn't word it the best way possible. Like Stephen said, uh, uh, Trump was Putin's uh, cock holster, mm. right? I th- yeah, I remember that. Didn't he get, almost get in trouble well, yeah, with the FCC? And, like, it was like three, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm not apologizing." He came out a few days later, and CBS enforced him. A few days later, he came out and said, "On the air, like, yeah, okay, maybe I could have used a different word, but mm-hmm. um, I, I stand that. by the, I stand by the, the thing." And uh, so, like, I think, I think that it, here's the thing. I'm actually trying to work on this. Is something to talk about my act. Um, the president of the United States got accused of sexual harassment by a lot of women, and he got voted into office. And bully Billy Bush, who was on the bus, lost his job, mm-hmm. which says our society is more concerned about our TV hosts and what they th- what what their the appearance of them is versus the president. Like this, right. our priorities are all screwed up. Right, like, people are very outraged that they're morning talk show hosts mm. are inappropriate yeah but the president yeah you go fuck a little kid yeah, do whatever fine. you want yeah. Yeah. yeah well that's what's so scary to me sometimes i mean and and not even just before like the sexual harassment and the the silence breakers you know that sort of came about but just i've noticed in the 10 years that we've been doing this and i've said this on the air a lot of times is that people will build you up and build you up and build you up. And I actively tell people when they're like, oh, my God, Miguel, you're so great. You, We love you in Holly. Mm. You're so great. And I'm like, we're just human. Mm. One day I'm going to fuck up. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a mistake. Something's going to happen. I'm going to say something inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden all this goodwill that mm. you've done, all these things that you've worked your ass off, like you said, working 10 years around. And, right. you know, all of a sudden it's just scrubbed away by right. one mistake. And it's just so crazy to me how in our society we can do that. And that sometimes just terrifies me yeah. because it's like – how do you operate, you know, because you want to be able to, like what we do, I feel like we provide happiness every every morning, five days a week right. on the radio. But you also don't, don't want it to be so sweet and saccharine that it's nothing, right? Right, because right. that, right. that, that turns then they, So off. then they go, oh, you know, they're not entertaining. So, well, right. okay, so um, I was trying to find it on my phone, but uh, I, I, re- I retweeted my friend John Fugel saying he wrote, uh, he tends to do a lot of political comedy. He wrote something that went after, like, Trump. And I retweeted it and said, so true. And a guy on Twitter goes, why can't you comedians just be funny? I follow you to be funny. I'm not going to follow you anymore. <laughs> and this wasn't like Trump is a pedophile. It was like something about Russia and whatever, right? right. Yeah. So, like, you can't even tolerate me making a joke right. about uh, even – it didn't even sound like he was a Trump supporter. Right. And then I and, – and so it, it gets to the point where you're like, look, you guys got to just all, like, chill out a little bit. And, yeah. if, and if they don't – then fuck them. Like then right. you don't. Then you don't have your audience uh, that you want. You have the people that follow you and have a sense of humor. But like, it's harder for you guys because you're on the air. I think in a comedy club, I have more control over it a little bit, and right. people aren't gonna go out like immediately. Like, this, Yorick goes out immediately to 
a bunch of people. Right. I mean, you can you can read the room when you're doing comedy. Right. I've actually I've done one stand up routine. Oh, really? Remember that Holly? Yeah. That was. Like it was something. Six, yeah, it was like six years ago. Uh, we used to work uh, with a comedian, and he dared me to do it or whatever. Yeah. And I worked on this routine for months, and it was like four or five minutes, and it was the longest really? five minutes really? of my life. Really? Because you're a performer, essentially, on shows like It you. is, but it's one thing. They're all staring at you. Yeah, they're staring. Like, when we're yeah. in here, like, I, I feel like it's a good day if yeah. I can make Holly laugh cry. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I, I make jokes to make her laugh laugh right and i know her i know her humor we're best friends but when you're in a comedy club and you have all those beady eyes just looking at you and the bright light is coming at you maybe you shouldn't call your audience beady eyes (laughs) idiot maybe that's the first time hey assholes here's my first joke boy you're fat dickhead all you beady eyes out there. It's true, but it was so yeah. nerve-wracking. Yeah. And I remember, and because I have, like, the worst memory ever. Yeah. So, and I always give you all so much credit, especially when you do long sets, yeah. because I had to have, like, my little topics on a little piece of paper. Oh, I write them, too. Do you really? I write stuff down. I got I got notes on top of it. Hold on a second. I'm so curious what that looks like, I because got, I'm... Oh, it, it looks like the Unabomber. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I swear to God. I was on a plane, and somebody looked over, and they were, like, really alarmed. Like, this is one of my notebook. Oh, oh wow. wow. It and, is uh, tattered and old. Yeah, How long have you had that notebook? A uh, few months. It's got so many random so pieces of paper. Oh, wow. So there. Can I see one of those? Yeah. I just want Because to- here's the reason I do it. Because I, this thing you saw me do at the show when yeah. I mm-hmm. talked to you, that's real. So I get so engrossed in conversations because it's not, the conversations, it's not crowd work for the sake of setting up a joke. Like, I don't say to you, oh, you have an orange top. I like oranges. Like, I hate that shit. Right. It's just like I'll talk wow. to you. I don't know. You have pretty blue eyes. Are you Irish? Okay, whatever. I don't know wherever it goes. Yeah. And then I get so engrossed that I have new stuff that I want to try that I forget. Mm. So, like, this thing says, like, lazy eye on the side. That means that's a new joke, which I'm really excited about because it, it's like I think the lazy eye gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. What if that eye's not lazy? What if the other eye is an overachiever? <laughs> I think I think that's a pretty good joke. That's great. I like yeah. that. Yeah. You got to use that but then one. Here's a joke where it's a true story, and people even about animals, you got to be careful now. Oh, literally so, everything. So there's yes. a woman in Staten Island. About two months ago, they found 40 frozen cats in her freezer. Oh my god! Right, <gasps> and I say it's terrible about the cats, but my first thought was. Either that's a really big freezer, or she really knows how to pack a cat. <laughs> and I think that's really funny. And they'll like kind of laugh. Sometimes they'll, they'll, it kills, and sometimes it's like you can feel people tense up. So I have all these different. Uh, that's things. so fascinating your yeah. process. So you can. And look I'll at, take this on stage. So and then can, I never look at it. <laughs> I swear to. I'm like, how often do you? But you know reference? what it is—the way my right. brain works. Like when I used to study, if I write something down, it sticks in my brain. Mm. Yeah. Because right now, what I'm looking at, you have three columns, and there's just words yeah. like I think Volt, Homeless, Volt is Global yeah, Warm. Volt is the electric car. Oh, I don't want I a see. car that makes less noise than the vibrator I keep in the glove compartment. <laughs> I like and that so, one. And you just have the jokes in your head like that. <laughs> yeah, if you that say the so word, I, if you say the word, I can do the joke for you. Wow. So I. Uh, this Rams. is why you didn't do well. Oh, Rams. <laughs> no, exactly. Rams. Because uh, I used I, I used to go on Bethany and I still go on some of these daytime talk shows and they always talk about relationships and they said, um, who manipulates more, men or women? I think everybody manipulates easily, uh, equally. 
but women can manipulate. Like, look at the male rams. They're always button heads on the mountaintop. You think they thought that was a good idea? <laughs> it's because there's a female ram off to the side going, I don't know what they're fighting about. I just said I think his horns are bigger. That's all. <laughs> so... That is brilliant. I, that is, I'm so impressed by that because I, I, this is why I could not do stand-up comedy. Yeah. Our brains don't see, work like that. See, no. and then I have a little thing written where so I know where I did it. Wow. Oh, wow. And then when I go on the radio, I keep track of what I did. So when I come back, I don't repeat anything. Oh, uh, so so will oh, you go back and a couple of times be like, Miguel and Holly, Miguel and Holly, I did that joke, yeah, I did that not joke. Not that I plan to do it because it's a conversation, but it's just stuff right. comes up. You know what yeah. I mean? But like, yeah, I'm kind of like whatever. And so then I get... So then chunks of material come together. There's wow. two ways jokes get written for me. I don't know if this is probably boring as shit. No, no. this is fascinating. So first is like the joke, but then what happens is you start to have a collection of jokes. Like I hate people, I really do. Like because <laughs> they fucking break my heart and they act like assholes. So I yes. have a whole bunch of stories about getting in confrontations, mm. like over bags. I almost got arrested on Amtrak because I stopped the train for an hour and a half on the Eastern Seaboard because I got in a fight with a guy. Oh wow! I pulled my pants down on 86th Street in Manhattan and told the guy to fuck me in the ass over a newspaper. Oh. Uh, yeah, oh I got I got banned from a market over a red onion. I got, I, yeah, I got in a fight over tuna fish. Tuna. It's in my last set on uh, Colbert. Okay. I did it. Oh, wow. So if a theme happens and then you, the, a theme gets written off of the joke. Sometimes you have a theme and the jokes come under it. Sometimes you create mm. the forest and then the trees. Sometimes the trees and then the forest. Comes. Gotcha. Wow. So then it kind of all kind of comes together. Like the stuff about the pit bull is like... Uh, I did uh, this, uh, so it's like it's coming together as part of a thing about uh, what you can say and what you can't say and being mm -hmm. PC. So I think there's more stuff there. In fact, I was talking to my manager and he goes, I, that was a joke I was going to do on the last Late Show <clears throat> appearance and I took it out. I have a couple of jokes about P being PC or too PC and he said, let's take those out and then you can build a four minute set around that theme. And then wow. you have a theme and then it kind of whatever. That is so fascinating to me how, like, and people don't realize the craft and the art that goes into doing comedy. It's very hard to write a fart joke, everybody. No, well, I'm just kidding. But for real, though, like, the, the, the form that you take to do it, I've always, I'm curious about how comedians work and how songwriters write songs. Yeah. Mm, the process. True. Yeah, for, it's maddening because it's never really done. Mm. Like, you, it, always can be, it always can be better. And then I have jokes that I know should work, that I'm, I'm going to make work. Like, I got a joke right now about how uh, antiquated some cultures are, and it actually happened in Tampa. This is a true story. Oh, dear. Here 33-year-old Indian couple living here, and the guy decides he's going to discipline his wife, which is what some people still do in that culture. Oh, now, dear. look at I can even see your eyes yeah. going, like, holy shit, where's this going? I'm like, oh, God. Right. <laughs> Loosen the fuck up. <laughs> well, I'm scared so for the they, uh, these Indian These newsstand owners, no. Um, so the guy... This is in the paper. Okay. The guy, the son, the, the man of the relationship, the marriage, the discipline the wife, calls his parents in India, and his parents fly 20 hours from India to Tampa to help the guy discipline his wife. Now, the woman wasn't, like, beaten to death. She was, like, they locked her in a bedroom for a while, but they got arrested for it. And all I could think is... 20 hours. Who stays mad that long? <laughs> like, True. They're all the way on the flight, like halfway through the you've flight. You've got to stay mad. Yeah. Right? Even a hitman for the mob at some point goes, it's been three hours. Let's let him go. Oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> but you can feel people feel uncomfortable because of the discipline part of it. 
Yeah. Mm. You mentioned that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You just have to figure out a way to do it. Right. Because once you get through that, then well, the, like, it's, it's stressful there. enough right. for your in-laws to come over. These in-laws coming over? No. Oh, man, I burned the tandoori chicken. They're going to no. eat the shit out of me today. got locked in the room for right. a week. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so do you have any jokes? So Because you're going to be at the Tampa Improv. Uh, th- today's Thursday, mm. if you're listening to this uh, delayed. Uh, Thursday, December 7th until uh, for, uh, Sunday, December 10th. 10th. Yeah, I got one. One show Thursday, two Friday, two Saturday, and uh, one Sunday over in Ybor City. Yeah. And so, do you do you consciously craft any jokes that are locals? So for like no. us here, like for a radio show, you know, when we were new here, you want to make your show super super local. Well, you you need to. You have a different thing going on. Like right. You need to. This is your home. And if I'm listening in the car, I don't care about your observations about Atlanta. The right. This is here. I, right. Connect with me. Exactly. But when they come to see me, like you don't go see, not that I don't want to sound pompous, but you don't go see an art exhibit by a painter and you hope that he painted exactly the kind of things you like. You went to see what that person's vision is of, mm-hmm. the, of the world. So that's mm-hmm. what my, I, I don't do any local stuff. I think it's a crutch and I think it's hacky. So right. you just go in and you either like me or you don't like me. Like I'm going to talk about race and I'm going to talk about like how I think some people are assholes, and I'm going to talk about Barbie, and I'm going to talk about like I can't stand black comics that do that white guy black guy voice. Like, mm. I can't get away with that. You know? right, right. I can't go well, hello there. Like, right. So, right. Cause right. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm the white guy, but I'm not. I'm no more. And if I hear one more fucking Asian comic refer to him himself as non-white, you're more fucking white than I am. There's more of you, first of all. <laughs> Fit more of you in an apartment. You're tinier. Go fuck yourself. And they all do that because what it is is it's to get the sympathy of the white people on their side. Mm. Oh, you're right. White people are stupid. And then they laugh. It's a fuck. It's such an easy thing. I hate being a white guy. I want to be a gay fucking Dominican guy. That's what I want to be. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a pretty fun yeah. life yeah. actually. Yeah. No. I, but so if something comes up. Uh, the way it personalizes for me in my act is the conversations with the audience. Right, and, and you do a terrific you job at that. They'll tell you, I'm not mean, I just like, I like, because I feel like there's so much bullshit. I think if there were a theme, it's like, I just try not to talk bullshit. Mm. Like, I try not to cater to this, because I think there's such hypocrites. So you've got a guy like Roy Moore, who's being supported by evangelicals, and mm. and by the way, evangelical religion only came about because they wanted to keep segregation. Mm-hmm. And so they did it under the guise of the Bible. Right. And I think they're the worst people in the world. The mm. worst. And not the evangelicals because of their practice, but when you support a guy like that. Right. So um, versus an Italian guy going on stage and saying, you know. Uh, you know what? Yeah, some black people are on welfare, and some Italians are in the mob, right? And some Chinese really are good tailors. Like, <laughs> really? Like, right. look at every fucking. If I, I could, I could have a march. Every every movie that comes out of Hollywood, every movie, mafia for Italians. Yeah. Right. It's all mafia. Right. Yeah. It's true. Right. It's, it's all. True. You know, we do it's other all stereotypes. Shit. Right. You know. But do you though? No. <laughs> we cook good meatballs. We cook good meatballs, and then yeah. we. Well, you know what's funny is that, like, you have these stereotypes that people talk about in private. Because, uh, like, I have one of my really good friends is Italian. And so whenever I'm cooking no, something Italian, imagine. who do I call? Yeah. I'm like, Greg, yeah. how do I do this? And yeah. he's like, well, let me tell you. You yeah. take some olive oil and you da 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 Yeah, you don't call a Swedish guy. No, no, you call him. But it's, like, but it's improper to talk about it. And I think because people will take it too far. 
I think when you're doing it in an innocent way yeah. and you, you're all just having fun, and I think you have yeah. to be sensitive, and you seem like you're very sensitive to, like... Yeah, I'm not doing it to be mean. I'm just right. going to be honest. Like, I really do think it's manipulative when a comic, and it's been done a million times. Not a lot of, but but when, like, if a black comic does it, he does the white guy voice, and everybody talks like that. It's like, right. okay, well, why, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I mean, look, blacks have been oppressed, and they're still a minority, totally. But I feel like if anything is bullshit... You should say you should call bullshit. That's right. what you should do. That's what we did on the Daily Show. That's what we do on the shows that I work on. That's what I do when I go on. I go on these uh, daytime talk shows and whatever, and uh, the the news shows, like 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 you know Trump. Whether you're a Trump supporter or not, I mean, there's he's got issues, and he reminds me of Fredo in um, in uh, Godfather mm. when he goes, "I'm smart. Yeah. I'm not dumb like people say. I'm smart because there's those." Things he was saying, like mm-hmm. I know things, right. Right. I'm well educated. <laughs> yes, so I like I should be it, yeah. able to make that observation and have a Trump supporter not like want to, you know, blow me away. Right. right, and if I can't, then don't come to my show. Right, Valid. that's true. Right. It's you so cannot true. give in to that because mm. then what's left? Like the, nobody, you don't can, have the comedy anymore. You don't right. have the comedy. You, you don't have the commentary. What's next? Like you go to the people at the New York Times and tell them to stop writing op eds that are go against Republicans. Like, right. So I just feel like you go in. And you do what you do. And then there's some, some personal stuff and then there's silly stuff and then stuff about me and, you know, like how, like I accidentally shot a deer and killed it. Oh. Yeah, with a crossbow. Accidentally. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mess. <laughs> I did. I'm a mess. What? How did that happen? Oh, and then uh, I'll tell you that story. But then this, I'm with it. Uh, I got really mad. We went to put our dog down and I didn't, I thought I was getting screwed on the price. So I left, I took my dog and got a cheaper price to get my dog <laughs> that's how uh, confrontational i am i oh went nuts God. in the vet at three o'clock in the morning and oh said this is bullshit i'm not taking it taking it and we fucking and that's a whole story that i tell on stage wow <clears throat> but the deer thing um buddies my my buddies hunt some of my good friends hunt i don't like to hunt i feel mm. bad they're cute animals you can justify it all day but whatever right i'll have sex with it but i'm not gonna kill it. oh <laughs> and hey <laughs> come on deer <laughs> Oh. I'm at the Hampton Inn. And uh, <laughs> so they go and they hunt one morning. And then uh, he had a deer feeder right next to his house. So they come back and they got like three huge deer in the driveway. And I'm like all bummed out. And, like they know I don't really like the, like it. but And this deer walks up to the deer feeder like 50 feet from us. And my friend uh, Sam's like, hey, Paul, it's a deer. I shoot a deer. You, shoot, you ever shot a deer? I go, no, I'm good. I just shoot. No, 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 I'm good. He goes into his <laughs> he goes into his uh, garage and gets a crossbow. Oh, my God. I'm like, are we going to Middle Earth? What is this? <laughs> right? And he hands me a crossbow. He goes, no. I go, no, I don't want to do it. I'm going to miss it. You guys shoot it. Now, I was a pussy. I turned into a 12-year-old. I was like, my friends, I don't want to look like a pussy. Right. So I should have just said, guys, I don't like shooting stuff. That's your thing. It's not my thing. I should have been adult about it. But instead, I tried to weasel around it. No, no. Then I get this idea. I'm going to make everybody happy. And when you try to make everybody happy, you make no one happy. Yep. Uh, and my thinking is, I'm going to shoot at the deer. I'm going to intentionally miss the deer. The deer will run away. I'll save the deer, and I'll look cool to my friends. Right. I okay? shot at it. Never shot a crossbow in my life. I take aim. I pull oh, no. the trigger. Oh, I aim no. high, and it walked right into the shot. Oh. And not only did I hit it, I hit it right in the spine and immediately paralyzed it. Oh. oh. Oh, and it dear. went to the ground, making the most horrific, like, uh, Oh, my God. Uh, and all I could hear was, Paul, why? Oh, oh my God. God. Why <laughs> would you shoot me? I was just eating berries. It was a very lovely day. And I was like, oh, my God. 
And I'm like, oh, fuck. they could see me. And they're, uh, now they're laughing their asses off because of this course. happens all the time. And they put an arrow in it and killed it. And I was, I went upstairs. I cried. I oh told my, my wife and I cried. And then the next day, I donated 150 dollars to a wildlife fund. <laughs> Oh, but the deer was delicious. Oh, my God. But, no, like it we was had like, great deer it, burgers the next yeah. day. It was so that, bad. I should talk about that. Right. And the whole reason to talk about that story is how I was 12 years old and I should have not tried to be something that I wasn't. Mm. I, that's why. Not to tell the story about the do the voice of the deer. None of that. It's to get to that nugget of, and that's the stuff I really like. Like, I was fucked up. And I know that connects with people because... I'm like 95% of the people in the world. So if it's, I'm doing it, you're th thinking it, I'm thinking it, you're thinking it. So that's the kind of stuff I like to talk about, you know. I and love that. I think that's one of the great things about being a communicator, whether it's through comedy or through the half comedy that we do. Right. Uh, we always say on our show that I'm sort of like Fox comedy, like the network Fox, just really crude and just mass appeal. Mass appeal <laughs> comedy. And Holly's very HBO, like very smart, <laughs> like good. Veep, like a few people get it. Yeah. But like most people most people love Miguel. And yeah. then I have a few, you know, rabid fans, but then Miguel is like mass appeal, so right. it works on two, two levels. You gotta have it. It's like, it's like you balance each other out. Yes. Right, but I love that you can communicate, and, and that's what we always try to get people take away from our show is that we're two best friends who have fun and we like to leave you feeling good yeah. Yeah. by the end of the day. Whether it's sometimes we cry, you know, right. like Holly's been going through some stuff with her mom right now. <laughs> we all been crying. We all been crying, you know, and I've gone through stuff in my past that we share with our audience. But mm -hmm. I love comics that are real and that can communicate that and you feel like you have taken a little bit of their soul away with you, not in like, a, I'm going to steal your soul. Yeah. Not but in a like, soul-sucking way, obviously. Right, right, right. <laughs> but like when I did that show with you, the most fun moment was not me doing my jokes, but was like talking to you and making a connection with you and that kid with the hole in his pants. Yeah. Right, that was so funny. Who loved it, by the way. He oh was my like totally cool. Like, Great. It wasn't mean, but it was like, that's a moment I can't write. Like, yeah. right. We could be the best writers in the world and sit in a room and try to write that scenario. But when you have it, you have to do something with it and mm -hmm. just be honest about it. And and then as I was going through the scenarios of how he got the pants on, that was that's when you're totally emotionally connected to the audience because I could literally feel you wanting me to ask the question. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm that brilliant or whatever, but it's like the you logical feel question. It. You're the conduit. Right. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. you think he fucking just ripped it because he, 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 you know, whatever, in a second. And then it, right. goes, it goes one, two, three. And, I, and everyone was getting a bigger laugh. Mm-hmm. It was per it just worked out perfectly, but I got lucky, you know, with the hole in his pants, and he was cool about it. And if I could tell if somebody's not cool, I don't, I don't continue because then right. it just gets awkward. It's not fun. Like, you can feel the. And the, I look like an asshole. Yeah. Know? So it's like crazy, but yeah. So anyway, it's no. I just try to, I try to write stuff that really hits me. The the political stuff can be a little more tricky because it's harder now to talk about. Uh, somebody go against somebody without just losing half the room, mm -hmm. which shouldn't be the case. Like, right. if you're yeah. a Democrat, you should let, be able to take fact that I make fun of Democrats. And if you're a Republican, you should be able to take the fact that I make fun of Republicans. Mm -hmm. But there's no sense of humor anymore about right. that stuff. Right. So, uh, so that you're going to lose half the audience. Yeah. So that, that one gets a little more tricky. I'm really curious as we're, we're about to close out here mm -hmm. about your experiences, because I love one of the things that's sort of been my my trademark as a human being is I'm always fascinated by people with lots of money. Oh my gosh! I just because I I, I think it's because well, I well I'll up. tell you what it's like to have a lot of money. Tell I have me. a boat and a no. <laughs> How much is in your checking account right now? But six dollars. <laughs> same, same, same. Uh, but what I'm curious about is there 
when you're working with these celebrities like Stephen Colbert or, um, you know, when you're on the talk shows like Bethany Frankel and whatnot, mm-hmm. is there a different air to them or like when you are working on those shows no. or are they just like, you know? No, I mean, you know, Stephen is brought in by five black guys. They carry him on a shoulder. <laughs> um and then one of them services him, and uh, yeah. apparently it's in his contract. I right. think that's perfectly normal. That's fine. Don't it happens every go to work day. Like that? Yeah. No, they're they're very down. John Stewart's a good friend. Um, Craig Kilborn, like there's a bunch of people that over the years, you know, have become friends. No, they're actually very down to earth, pretty cool people. It's just people that yeah. do a great job that got paid a lot to do it. Yeah, I don't, and I don't think the money changed. Some people it does. I, there's a couple of comics that I was, I'm friends with and became big and are turned into douchebags. Mm. Like, but that's all insecurity. They mm. just that they just can't handle that. Like that's just wanting to show, hey, I'm super fancy and big. But no, th- th- those people, for the most part, uh, Bob Costas is a friend. He's been in he's been in sports comedy bits that I've done. Yeah. Mm. He's uh, he's been on my podcast. Uh, no, I mean and. and Paul, we were talking about Paul McCartney. He's on my podcast. Couldn't you wow. don't get bigger than that? I'm about to say that's not, it. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Wow. Because um, I think they remember where they came from, and they're trying right. to just do a really good show. And people work really hard. That's not to say there aren't some jerks. There are, you know. Um, Most definitely. Like somebody came on the Daily Show once and was a complete asshole to like a couple of the interns. And they were banned from the show. John was like, "That's we don't want him back." Yeah, Good. you know what I mean. You, those people maybe were like that before they got money. They were right. just assholes. probably, and they, they totally, yeah. But like, um, can I can I mention the Paul McCartney thing real Please, quick? Please, yeah. yes, it's a yeah. crazy story. Um, so I have the podcast called the Paul Mercurio Show. It's a really inventive name. It's on <laughs> iTunes, and uh, and I hope people check it out. I'm proud of it. It's like one on one long form interviews with people that. You think you know, but you don't, or people you don't know. So I've had my everybody from my acting coach to Brian Cranston and Stephen Colbert and Bob Costas and Sugar Ray Leonard. So it's like something for mm. everybody. So anyway, Paul McCartney was at the Colbert Report doing a show, and he was uh, just finished rehearsal. And I round the corner, and I, it's Paul McCartney standing in front of me, oh. but he's all alone. Oh, oh my God. Just right. out hanging out. Right. Hey. Now, you've been around big celebrities. Like Usually they have a big entourage. They've got right. at least a handler yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. by them. And he's not, not even a parrot on his shoulder. <laughs> He was compl- and that threw me more than anything else. Right. And then, You're like, why are you alone? Do you need help? Right, exactly. Are you okay? Right. Are you Blink one. Does he have an ID in his face? Jeez. And, and I don't know if you've experienced that, but it slows you down. My whole brain's like, oh my God, it's Paul McCartney. Yeah. And then should I say hi? Should I not say hi? And I'm like, you know what? He's alone in a hallway like a gazelle on the serenade yeah. plane. I'm going to go after it. Pounce. Do it. So I go over and I just say, hey, it's a real honor to meet you. I'm really excited uh, for your hacky little show. No, uh, I'm really excited to see you. And I walk away. And he goes, no, come back. He goes, what's your name? I go, Paul. He goes, oh, Paul, that's a good name. I go, yeah. And uh, I'll do the jokes. And, uh, no. <laughs> and he goes, what do you do? I go, I'm a stand-up. Oh, I love stand-up. You got a kid? Yeah, I got a kid. Yeah, you travel? Uh, yeah. So we're just talking like you and I are talking. Mm. And five, ten minutes... To, and on go, five ten minutes go by, and on the outside I'm like, hey, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. On the inside I'm like, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. <laughs> I was out of my mind. You know, totally. like when your brain splits and you yes. try to like yes. just keep asking interesting questions. Right, and don't right. be a douche. You're yeah. half panicked. Right, yeah. and people walking by me like, hey, Paul McCartney, knows oh, Paul hey. McCartney. Like I don't know, and I'm like panicked that someone's like one of his security guys is going to tase me for talking <laughs> to the guy. So I leave. I go, look, I, I'm going to leave the party early. I say to myself, it's on me. I got to run. And I leave. And I go into the bathroom and I'm hyperventilating. Literally call my wife. I'm like, you're not going to believe. I just, oh, my yeah. gosh. And then I hang up the phone and I'm like, 
Paul McCartney should do my podcast. Like that's how delusional I am. <laughs> wow. And but I also believe if you gotta have you gotta ask, you never know. Yeah. Got to. And I love I I'm with you about uh, Holly about so, singer songwriters musicians how they do that. Yes. I'm just putting words together. They hear a chorus and then a bell over what here. What comes first? I have, like it's unbelievable to me. <clears throat> so I wanted to talk to him about how we make how you make music, and yeah. I thought oh, this guy qualifies. He's a pretty good musician, right? I guess. So I go into his uh, dressing room and I go, "Look, I know this is crazy, and you're huge, and I'm nobody." And he goes, "No, man, you're not nobody." I go, "Trust me, talk to my wife." <laughs> and uh, he goes, "I go, would you do my podcast? I'd really like to talk to you about making music." And he goes, "Yeah, sure." Like just like that. Wow. And now I'm like, end of story is I'm completely thrown. Oh my gosh. Because I was expecting him to say no. Right. Said he says yes. Yeah. And I don't have a plan. You're like I didn't think that You're was like, gonna who, happen. Right. Who, so who? he goes to me. Go ahead. Sorry. No. He, no. He, go, no, go he goes to me. How would we do it? And literally these noises came out of my body. Now understand, <laughs> we've been around celebrities and you kind of you know how to handle it. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I start rubbing. I'm like rubbing my thigh like Rain Man, and and sweating. And I don't sweat either. Uh, no uh, 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 and I go, I'll come to London. And he's like, We're in New York together in a room. Why would you come to London? And then he goes, Is it easy to do? And I actually said to Paul McCartney, Yeah, oh, it's uh, it's really easy. You could do it on your phone naked from your toilet. I'm like, What am I saying? Oh no. Or totally fucking this up. But then my words just fall out. Yeah. God, I know. Yeah. I've been, I have been oh in that situation with somebody that you were like, right. like so much, and they're being so cool and so normal. Oh. And I think just the fact that they are so cool and normal, that's what throws you, because you're almost expecting... An, I was expecting a no a or... A person on or the like, shelf. You know, I don't right. do that. Unavailability, whatever. But the, when they're so open, you're just like... I forgot how to human. I don't know what I'm saying. Right. Words are right. just happening. Right. Oh. Right. So now I'm like, I got I go, look, I'll, I'm just going to leave and I'll talk to your assistant and we'll set it up. And he goes, no, no. He goes, they're going to just, they're going to screw it up. You and I'll do it. I go, what do you mean? We'll just exchange numbers. And when I call you, <gasps> oh, you have to do it. Oh my gosh. Ready. So wow. now my hand's shaking. I'm handing my number to Paul McCartney. And oh I'm my like, gosh. of course I say, I'm not going to sleep with you, old man. Oh. Uh. And then I'm like, I'm going to totally sleep with you. You're a beetle. Fuck it. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. However you want it. Just don't tell Miguel. Right. Um, I'll be pissed. (laughs) So I think I got the nicest blow off on the face of the planet. Like really professional. Yeah. Didn't Mm -hmm. want to hurt my feelings. Never going to call. It's probably like a number for a Chinese restaurant that he gave me. (laughs) So he does the show. And now I'm rushing to get to the Daily Show for that taping, which is a few blocks away. And I'm late. So I'm packing up my backpack and I don't have and my phone rings and I don't recognize the number. So I let it ring the voicemail. Oh. And this is the message on my phone. Hi, Paul. It's Paul McCartney here. Um, I'm going to ring you back in five minutes to do the podcast thing. I've got some time now. Otherwise, I'm going to run out of time. So if you're there in five minutes time, you got me. Okay, bye. Oh, oh my God. My 
my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Did you basically shit yourself when you realized Paul McCartney's on your voicemail? I now? shit myself and I shit on two other people. <laughs> and then when I got him on the phone, the first thing I said is, I heard your message. Really? You were chewing gum while you were leaving me a message? Do you not know who I am? Oh, no. my God. And then the end of the story is I had to stall him for 25 minutes because my studio at the time was in L.A. and I, we had to get a recording line set up. Yep. Mm. And I, you would appreciate this. An intern picks up the phone. I go, I have Paul McCartney ready for an interview. I need a line. And this kid goes, uh, yeah, we have somebody in the studio right now. And I'm like, did you not hear me? <laughs> yeah. I said, unless you have Jesus Christ or John Lennon, get him out of the fucking studio yeah. right now. And I had to keep calling him back and going, I need five more minutes. I need five more minutes. Oh I need five God. more minutes. I oh. Was, it was, and then I got him on the phone in a private like office at The Daily Show, and I'm waiting to get Paige to go to the taping while I'm interviewing Paul McCartney. Oh, my gosh, the, the pressure. It was like, so crazy. Wow. But it worked out. I got him. Good. And we only talked about, of course, the first question I asked is, you're a beetle, why would you fuck a woman with one leg? And apparently, <laughs> hello? No, I asked him about music. That's all I talked to him about. Wow, that is fantastic. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah, it's crazy. And obviously, you keep the voicemail forever. It's in 400 places. Yes. It's on my wife's phone. It's on computer. And uh, I just love that he said it's Paul McCartney. Like, like if I asked my friend to set up a fake thing, it couldn't have been better. Like, there's right. no way it's not him. But yeah, wow. that, that, this goes back to your question about people with money. Like, and I found out later it was probably because I didn't ask him for an autograph or a picture. Like, I just talked to him like a normal mm -hmm. person. Right. Like, mm -hmm. literally, like we, you and I would talk about if we met. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, and I think they probably get so treated like. They're like not, they're not yeah, a right. person. They're like you're a, a wax yeah. figure in a museum. Yeah, exactly. But when you're like, oh, I'm a living, breathing human being who puts on clothes and I yeah. eat and pee. Yeah. I'm a human. Yeah. I think that's like why that. people don't like selfies as much anymore. Because remember, Chris Pratt was like, I don't want to do selfies anymore. Mm. Because it's not like you're really that interested in meeting Chris Pratt. You want the picture with right. Chris Pratt. So you can put it and be like, look who I met. Yeah. It's right. not really about Chris Pratt. It's right. about you. And so he's like, I will be glad to have a five-minute exchange with you. Right. And I think it's just about treating someone like we're both human. Yeah. Hanging yeah. out. So yeah. I, that's probably what it comes to, yeah, no matter how big you start. Then I think they feel like a commodity. Right. 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 Know, they feel like they're being made, like made to just look yeah, like being this. Leveraged for something else, like mm -hmm. they're, like there's somebody's toy or puppet, and I can understand that, you know. So, uh, and trust me, I nobody wants a, wanted an autograph more than me, but oh there's gosh. no way I was going to do that. And I do love too the fact that you, because that's a, a theme we talk about a lot on our show. Uh, taking chances and taking a leap of faith and how like you were so afraid to do it mm. but you're like if i don't ask yeah. i'll never know yeah and i love the fact that you did that like and you have an interview and a voicemail yeah. with paul mccartney <laughs> exactly yeah that's, that's amazing it's pretty crazy yeah wow yeah yeah and so uh so i'm going on the road with him now no <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for hanging out well, with us today. Well, thank you for having me and being yeah. so cool. And you guys going to come to New York and we'll hang yes. out there. We'll take care of you. We'll have yes. to. We'll have to. Taping and I would we'll love to be able to do that. on her so she doesn't correct anybody. <laughs> I will not say anything, I promise. No, but you you got you were so great at the at that uh, event in Chicago. You're the you're the best and I'm um, glad, you know, we got to hang out and became friends now and all that stuff. So, Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. So, give us all the information. What's your social media and where can people see I you, you this weekend? My social security number. Yeah, I need all it now. Zero yes. three nine. I'm at Paul Mercurio. One R in my last name. If you put two, you're going to get that asshole from Australia. <laughs> it's at Paul, M-E-C-U-R-I-O, M-E-C-U-R-I-O. It's a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's my website. Paul Mercurio Show on iTunes, free. Please subscribe. There's something for everybody. 
And tonight through Sunday, uh, one show tonight, 8 o'clock, two Friday, 8 and 10 at the Improv in Tampa, 7.30 and 10, or 7, 7.30 and 10 on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, i got a show at 8. So I'm going to be... I get naked somewhere in the middle of it. Hey, I'm not tell you where. I want to be that uh, show. Yeah, I'll take you to the gay clubs and oh you boy. Oh my god, don't go. <laughs> yes. Don't we'll go we'll go it. to the honey pot. Yeah. 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 Oh, and if you uh if you go if if you want to go to the Thursday show, the second show Friday or the Sunday show, you get a two for one using my name Paul as a uh, go online and just type in Paul code and you get two for one for Thursday, second show Friday and Sunday show. But I'm worth full price. It's not that much money. Yeah, you're worth all the money. Yeah. This is going down right I now. Ladies, get out of the room. I love it. Holly, what's all of your social media? Radio Holly for Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and Holly on Hot 101.5 on Facebook. My name is Miguel Fuller. You can find me underneath all that. And you can also find our podcast at hot1015tampabay.com on the Hot 101.5 app or just go to iTunes, type in Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Make sure to rate and subscribe. Thank you so much for Is joining it your us. Twitter handle Sexy Beast. Yeah. <laughs> That's the secret one. It's Big Black Dog oh! 69. Tease me. All right. Thanks, guys. Want more Miguel and Holly? Listen to past episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored at Hot1015TampaBay.com, the Hot1015 app, or on iTunes.